Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It will never lose its power. I know it reaches to the lowest valley. I know it reaches to the highest mountain. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose. It will never lose. It will never lose its power. She ended up opening my card and I wrote something about it, blah, 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 you know, this little note, just trying to be funny, you know? It's, I was like, yeah. And I got her a card, of course, she saw the dollar and she was not happy. She was not happy, man. Yeah, one of her homegirls told me, yeah, there. She was like, yeah, she wasn't happy with that one. Like, I guess she felt like she was embarrassed in front of her friends. <laughs> she probably told her friends, this guy I'm dating, and yeah, he only got me a car with a dollar. So I was like, all right, it's kind of awkward in there. And then, oh, man. So I went upstairs. I asked Kuhn, I was like, hey, you want some cake, man? He was like, yeah, yeah, I get some cake. So. Went upstairs, got two pieces of cake, and you know, I didn't get no small slithers, slivers, however you say the cake. Uh, so I took the two pieces, and as I'm walking down the stairs to the basement, she's walking up the stairs. And she's all like, What are you doing? I was like, I'm just getting some cake. And she looked at the cake, two pieces. She's like, Those are too big. And she took them out of my hands and walked them upstairs. Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, Aaron. Hope everyone is having an amazing day. It is, what's today? 2.29 in the afternoon. 2.29 in the afternoon. And it is Tuesday, May 31st. Tuesday, May 31st. Tuesday, May 31st. We are in. What are we in? We're in uh, Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Hope y'all enjoyed my brother's cake story. I'll let him read, tell the rest of it at the end of this recording. <laughs> So it's funny, my brother and I, we have all these little stories, things we share on WhatsApp, collections and collections of stories. I need to start telling more of my stories. I got more, I don't know, some of my stories, some of my best stories are kind of like from my time when I was just living kind of crazy, trying to live out my 30s, live out my 20s and my 30s. 
after my divorce. And I, I kind of like, I don't know, kind of not um, too proud of those times. Shoot, my best stories also, yeah, kind of trigger me and give me a little, yeah, yeah. Got a little PTSD from those times uh, when I was out in California and out in down in Houston and was under the influence of some stuff. So I don't know. I need some better stories. I need, it's time to create some new memories. Do, 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 do. Yeah, a lot of my best stories, of the ones that I remember or can never forget or they're kind of funny to me or like they involve just kind of bad stuff happening to me. <laughs> like when I got yeah, suppose allegedly beat up by a girl by Christy Smelson. Her name is actually Christy. I won't say her actual last name, but yeah, Christy. I call her Smelson. She didn't smell, but I'm just saying that just for the sake of anonymity. Anonymity. Is that the word? Yeah, anonymity. Anonymity. Just to keep her anonymous. There you go. My goodness. I struggle with that word. I'll have to Google that one later. Uh, I can never, I struggle saying that one right. So, Pocahontas, that was her nickname in elementary school. Ah, here we go. The message to Ahaz, chapter 7. This took place during the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Aram's king Rezin, and Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah. Let me go back. Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, went to fight against Jerusalem, but they were not able to conquer it. When it became known to the house of David that Aram had occupied Ephraim, or Ephraim, however you want to say that, the heart of Ahaz and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in the wind. Now, Ephraim... If y'all remember, is it Ephraim and Manasseh? Ephraim and, yeah, Manasseh. But who was the one that got the blessing? All right, Jacob, Joseph's father, adopted Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, to share in Jacob's inheritance equally with Jacob's own sons. Manasseh is counted as the father of the Israelite tribe of Manasseh, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob gave Ephraim precedence, precedence to see. Jacob gave Ephraim precedence over Manasseh, the elder of the two. In these sources, Jacob is regarded as sufficiently just that God upholds the blessing in his honor and makes Ephraim the darn it, it got cut off. I don't know. It got cut off. But yes, basically Ephraim is the one that got blessed. And it goes pretty deep. This whole, that whole story. Versus in Manasseh. Technically, he would have still received the blessing was the older one. It's that go back and listen to the recording I did called Crisscross Hands. That's the one. Can't remember where it exactly was. Maybe in Exodus. Genesis, Genesis, 
Yeah, go reading about Genesis. Genesis 48. I have a recording called Chris Cross, Cross Hands that talks about that. Anyway, let me go back. Verse 2. When it became known to the house of David that Aram had occupied Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz, and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in the wind. The Lord said to Isaiah, Go out with your son, Sheer Jashub, or a remnant will return. Hmm. That's the meaning of Sheer Jashub. To meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool. The upper pool. By the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, calm down and be quiet. Don't be afraid or cowardly because of these two smoldering sticks, the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. For Aram, along with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah, has plotted harm against you. They say, let us go up against Judah, terrorize it and conquer it for ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then we can install Tabil's son as king in it. This is what the Lord God says. It will not happen. It will not occur. The chief city of Aram is Damascus. The chief of Damascus is Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. Wow. The chief city of Ephraim is Samaria. And the chief of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. Remember those names, Samaria. That's important. Later on, we're going to talk about the... The Samaritan, the good Samaritan. The chief city of Ephraim is Samaria, and the chief of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Wow, that's a good memory verse there. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. The Emmanuel prophecy. Here we go. Spells it with an I. Emmanuel with an I. <clears throat> that makes me think of there's a stand up by Gabriel Iglesias. And <laughs> dude shows up. Yeah, Gabriel shows up to the hotel and there's this woman. Hey, well, he goes to the hotel and he's sorry, quick, quick, quick side, sidebar. So Gabriel goes, I don't even know which stand-up this goes on. You can just type in, uh, I hear the bell. It's one of my our, my favorite jokes of all time from Gabriel Iglesias. Anyway, he's a pretty clean comedian for the most part. Uh, so yeah, Google, YouTube, I hear the bell, Gabriel Iglesias. So he goes to this hotel and he's you know, dinging the, the bell to get, you know, to get attention of whoever is working behind the hotel counter. So nobody, nobody's there when he shows up. So he's going bling, 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 bling. He's just hitting it over and over again. And then all of a sudden this woman comes out, opens the door like, and she's like, I hear the bell. And <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. I hear the bell. Anytime I see a bell or anything, I just think of that woman that that's, that stand up and then he's like she's asking him his name to you know put it in their computer system whatever and he starts spelling his name he's like this iglesias and he starts spelling it with like an i and then she keeps saying e and he's like no i and then she's like that's iglesias 
with an eye. Uh, like, I can't even do it justice. Like, I can't even do it justice. It's funny, though. Ah, my bad. All right, we have Emmanuel with an I, not an E. Verse 10, then the Emmanuel prophecy. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, ask for a sign from the Lord your God. It can be a deep, as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Interesting. But Ahaz replied, it will not ask. I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Like Gideon, he was not afraid to ask for a sign. It makes me think of that one scripture too where Jesus tells the Pharisees, uh, I can't remember what exactly, he says basically a perverse, a naive and perverse generation demands a sign, but the only sign I'll give them is a sign of Jonah. Basically, God doesn't have to give you any signs at all, period. Like, he's God. Anyway, verse 13, Isaiah said, you know, sometimes we, have ways of putting our fleeces down or saying, God, you know, I need a sign. This is what you want me to do. And, you know, if we need clarity on direction. Anyway, the biggest thing I've learned in my life is to, is that whole scripture. Yeah, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things you're worried about will be added to you. So, like, God just has a way of ordering your steps. And a lot of times, if you just keep seeking him first, spending time with him, spending time in his words, time in prayer, praising him, worship is the plumb line to get like direct access, like direct connection with the Lord. Every time we praise him and worship him, it's like you're almost like you're on the same, once again, radio station with him. Frequency is him. Um, and he will reveal things to you and give you, you know, hunches about things. And the Holy Spirit will nudge you in a certain direction yeah, God doesn't usually speak to me in audible. I don't, I've never really heard him speak to me audibly other than like commands to like get out of a situation, like leave now, like yeah, get out of there now, Aaron or Aaron, you know, good and well, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, but yeah, like that kind of like, I don't know. Sounds like a parent to me sometimes, the Holy Spirit. Um, or Aaron, do you really want to do that? <laughs> you know, yeah, Aaron, do you really want to do that? That's kind of how he speaks to me. Um, but other than that, a lot of it is just through him leading me and guiding me. Cause if he told me everything ahead of time, I would probably jack it up. All right. Verse 13, Isaiah said, listen, house of David, <clears throat> it is not enough for you to try the patience of men. Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Or you all It's plural. See, the virgin will conceive. The virgin will conceive, or the virgin is pregnant. Have a son and name him Emmanuel. See, it's the prophecy of David, I mean, of Jesus, son of David. By the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating curds and honey. See, this is why people thought John the Baptist, I believe, was the Messiah because he was eating honey and locusts and all that. For before the boy knows to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring on you, your people, in your father's house such time, such a time as has never been seen, never been since Ephraim separated from Judah. Go 
go back and read that whole story about Judah and Ephraim, the whole nation, the tribes. He will bring the king of Assyria. On that day, the Lord will whistle to flies. <laughs> it's interesting every time I say whistle. Imagine God whistling. <whistles> Cuckoo! He whistled to flies at the farthest streams of the Nile and to bees in the land of Assyria. All of them will come and settle in the steep ravines, in the clefts of the rocks, in all the thorn bushes, and in all the water holes. On that day, the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave the hair of your heads, the hair on your legs, and even your beards. On that day, a man... This is what they used to do when they consecrated folks or got them prepared for like sacrifices. The priests, they would shave their beards off and their heads. Go back and read that in Leviticus and all that. Anyway, all right, verse 21. On that day, a man will raise a young cow and two sheep. And from the abundant milk they give, he will eat curds. For every survivor in the land will eat curds and honey. And on that day, every place where there were a thousand vines worth a thousand pieces of silver will become thorns and briars. A man will go there with bow and arrows because the whole land will be thorns and briars. You will not go to all the hills that were once tilled with a hoe for fear of the thorns and briars. Those hills will be place, places for oxen to graze and for sheep to trample. All right, let's see what Tony Evans has to say. I need to see real quick. Why is Emmanuel spelled with an I? Emmanuel with I versus E. Let's just go to the quick one. I'm going to go on Google, Google shirts, search. The word Emmanuel with an E comes from the Greek rendering of two Hebrew words, Amanu, with us, and El, God. Thus, in English, it is found as either Emmanuel or with an E or Emmanuel with an I. Interesting. Amanu is I-M-M-A-N-U. Basically, what I'm reading is neither one is incorrect. You can use E or I. <clears throat> All right, let's read these Tony Evans notes, and then I'm going to try to get out here and eat some. Oh, I need to eat some oatmeal first, and then... Man, that's weird. I'm all thrown off, because I guess I'll eat some oatmeal, take a break, Eat some oatmeal, get some, probably get a snack or two. I really don't feel like doing anything today. Go get some oatmeal. Let I me mean, eat some oatmeal and then um, drive, do some Uber till like midnight and then shut it down. We'll see. All right, while the northern kingdom of Israel was intact, as it was during the early years of Isaiah's prophecy, the king of Israel and king resident of Aram, 
that is, Syria, allied themselves to wage war against Judah, which caused the hearts of Judah's people to tremble in fear. Notice that Isaiah referred to the kingdom of Judah as the house of David. This was a way of telling Isaiah's readers that God had not forgotten or abandoned his promise that a ruler would come from David's line to fulfill all his promises to his people. Not only would the plot against Judah fail, but scheming Israel, here referred to as Ephraim, one of the leading tribes there, would also soon be devastated. Isaiah's angry reaction shows that Ahaz's refusal to request a sign validating the prophecy was said in mock piety and was the result of his unbelief. Such lack of faith in God would be Ahaz's downfall. After all, if you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Those are words we all need to hear. Emmanuel means God with us. While Isaiah's words would have ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ as the gospel of Matthew makes clear, see Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 to 23, they had a more immediate application too. The birth prophesied was to be assigned to King Ahaz specifically, but his lifetime unfolded hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. Thus the child who was to be a sign that Judah would not be conquered by the Israel-Aram alliance was most likely the son soon to be born to Isaiah and the prophetess. This son would have the God-given name Maharshalal Hashbaz, which means speeding to the plunder, hurrying to the spoil. This child was the sign to Ahaz personally because before the boy knew to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings whom Ahaz dreaded would be abandoned. Hmm. And indeed, this happened about three years later when Aram was crushed by the Assyrians. The name Emmanuel, when applied to Isaiah's son, indicated that God had not abandoned his promises to the house of David. The prophetess Isaiah's wife may well have been a virgin when Isaiah made this prophecy to Ahaz. If so, the meaning for the immediate context of chapter 7 verse 14 would would then be, an unmarried young woman who is a virgin now will get married and bear a son, which was, was fulfilled when Isaiah married her and she gave birth. Wow, I didn't... It's crazy. I I never thought of Isaiah being married, but somehow I missed that in all the years I've read. I don't think I've actually, I've listened to the Bible like twice, but I've never actually read through the entire thing from cover to cover, which is what we're doing right now. But for some reason, I did not know that Isaiah was married and had a child. How did I miss that? And I'm 35 years old. I just think of these dudes like Isaiah, like these dudes, crazy wild dudes, single guys, you know, roughing it like John the Baptist. All right. The good news of Judah's escape from conquest by Israel and Aram was tempered by the bad news of God's judgment on Ahaz and Judah's unfaithful people. Hmm. The prophecy that Isaiah's son would be eating curds and honey was not encouraging since these were foods of nomadic people, indicating that Judah would be desolated. The king of Assyria, Tiglath-Pileser III, got Aram off Judah's back, but then he invaded Judah and exacted a heavy tribute. 
God called him a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River who should shave off the hair off who should who would shave off the hair off of Judah. My bad, y'all. I'm struggling. But then he invaded Judah and exacted a heavy tribute. God called him a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River who would shave off the hair off of, Ju off of Judah. Such was the ultimate humiliation for a Jewish man in that day. Hmm. Interesting. I'm trying to iron out my page on my Bible here real quick. Why was God so angry with, angry with Ahaz and Judah? Why was God so angry with Ahaz and Judah? In 2 Kings 6, chapter 16, verse 7 through 14, we learn that Ahaz begged Tiglath Pileser III to save him from Aram and Israel, and he gave him silver and gold from the Lord's temple as incentive. Not only this, but Ahaz also liked Tiglath Pileser's pagan altar so much that he had one made just like it in Jerusalem. Not only this, but Ahaz also liked Tiglath Pileser's pagan altar so much that he had one made just like it in Jerusalem. Man, I don't know why I'm struggling so much to read today. Oh, I think I'm still tired. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for Isaiah. Lord, I just pray, help us to be faithful to you, God. We thank you that you're faithful, even when we're not faithful. Thank you for this prophecy of Jesus Christ right here. So when people want to throw out the Old Testament, we can always point to scriptures like this to say this is the importance of the Old Testament because it points forward to the New Testament. And our Savior and Jesus Christ, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray as I go out here and pick up folks. Thank you that you surround me with your angels, fill me with your power, your love, your spirit, and help me to be a vessel for you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Sorry if I seem like kind of off. Um, I got a lot going on mentally today, too. It's just, whoo. My brother and, I, brother and I would talk mentally preparing for our dad's funeral and just also the long road trip that's coming. <laughs> so 17 hours all the way out to Virginia. At least I was debating whether or not to get a rental car, but I decided to go ahead and drop that two hundo however much it was two some i had some points from the last time i got a rental car so it was only like 230 something bucks so anyway went ahead and got that rental car reserved it's funny how they get you because they're like would you like to upgrade from a compact car to a mid-sized car or whatever it was a toyota corolla i don't know for extra five dollars a day i was like sure you got me especially since it's going to be a long trip. I trust the Toyota Corolla a little bit more than the uh, Nissan Versa, even though I've had a Nissan Versa before. Uh, anyway, y'all, please pray for my brother and I. Pray for his flight as he he arrives. He arrives in tomorrow morning, 1040. I get to pick him up from the airport. So please pray for a safe flight with no cancellations. So I'll go get him, and then uh, we'll drive out on 
will take off for Virginia early Thursday morning. So early Thursday morning. I still have no clue what I'm gonna wear to this funeral. I have no clue. I thought about wearing my gray suit, but then I was like, nah. And then everybody's gonna be wearing pops of red. I have no clue. I want to be just. I really just want to be comfortable, nice but comfortable. So we'll see. We'll figure something out. Anyway, enjoy the second half or the rest of my brother's uh cake story. <laughs> Just the ending of it. I broke it up. So thanks for listening. I'll holler. And I'm all like, I know she did not take these out of my hand. And of course, I can't get, I can't raise my voice. I can't handle no kind of confrontation right now. So I'm like, I go down there and I'm like, hey, Kume, I'm ready to go. He's like, what's up? What's going on? He's like, I'm, I was like, he was like, I was, he was like, what happened to the cake? And I explained, so I was like, she, I was like, she took the cake. Yeah, old girl, she took the cake. And so, of course, oh, yeah, yeah, Kunle, you know, keep the peace person. He kind of, he goes over and talk. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And, like, he talks to her or whatever, yada, yada, yada. She, I guess she was playing, like, so, yeah, she wasn't happy with the card and the, and the dollar. And so I was like, whatever. So I ended up leaving. And, uh, yeah, we left. And then afterwards, I think the next day, like, she kind of was on the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. She kind of was all like, I date, usually, I under, yeah, usually I date, uh, you know, basically dudes with money. And she was like, I understand your situation. And I'm like, I don't need you to understand my situation. Woman, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. To me, it wasn't. Like, I showed up, gave you a card, whatever, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. Uh, every once in a while, me and Kunle bring that story up. It's rather hilarious, man. One of the things, man, I wish she could have been there to see. <laughs> when she took the cake out of my hands, I was like, really? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. 
In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.